Hi, everyone. This is Raghu Marcus. I'm the host of Ram Dass's Here and Now podcast on Be Here Now Network. We have a wonderful podcast from 1975, and I'll talk about that in a minute. I just wanted to uh, check in with you all about an event at 1440.org, 1440 Multiversity, our wonderful partner, and uh, our very close friend and part of our family, big part of our family, Krishna Das is going to be doing a workshop on the heart of devotion. And that'll be in November, mid-late November, but go to 1440.org and check it out. That's a nice opportunity to get with Krishna Das. The other thing I want to mention we're speaking about the heart of devotion, we have an online course that is going to begin shortly, within a couple of weeks, and it's called Alchemy of the Heart. Practices to quiet the mind and cultivate compassion. So different uh, practices from Ramdas, meditations, as well as uh, mantra practice. Contemplations will uh, be presented as well, and interactivity. People will be able to communicate their experiences with each other through, uh, I believe, a Facebook group. But uh, go to ramdas.org, and it will be on the front top banner on the page. And you'll be able, it's a free course, everyone, so you'll be able to Sign up and take advantage of this. It'll be mid-October-ish till mid-November-ish. Okay, those are the couple of things I wanted you all to know about. And uh, this is, so I said, uh, this is Ramdas from May 1975 in Massachusetts. And Ramdas, he was very connected with the Quaker community. And the one thing that I remember him talking to us about back in the day was the uh, this beautiful little uh, analogy that the Quakers used about soul. And they called it the still, small voice within. I love that. Right? Gets us away from all of the big words, the big soul words and the God words and all that. Still small voice within. And basically he says, when you dig in the ashes, you can find one small ember. And with that ember, we can build, rebuild the fire of living spirit, right? And as you go towards that fire, you start to learn more about yourself. So that's where the whole self-inquiry thing comes in. At first, that still small voice, it's a tiny ember, right? It's pretty much overshadowed by desire, attachment, aversion, etc. In general, by what happens to us when we're in the marketplace, in our daily lives, working through our roles, working through our habitual patterns, and so on. So... We need to cultivate that ember. And uh, here's a, by the way, in terms of cultivating that ember and antidotes to uh, desire, attachment, aversion, and all of that, uh, you guys check out, because I thought this was really good. While I was, uh, I just got back from India, and while I was in India, our wonderful people at Love, Serve, Remember Foundation put together a excerpts of different chats that I have had on my mind-rolling podcast. So you can go on the Be Here Now Network and find that. And it's called Beloved Buddhist. And in there are some really choice, choice uh, excerpts of chats that I had that are uh, with my various Buddhists, our various Buddhist friends like Sharon Salzberg and uh, Jack Cornfield and Joseph Goldstein, and many more. And uh, I think they provide a wonderful jumping-off point uh, 
in terms of this, what Ramdas is getting at here, of fanning these embers so that they start to burn away the desire, attachment, aversions that we run into on a day-to-day basis. Yeah, so uh, do try that. Uh, and so he talks about it's much easier to embrace humanism, you know, being a good person and having righteous intention so that whatever you do with people and so on is done from a place of consideration, of empathy, and hopefully compassion. Even to the point um, that uh, we realize that what we've set up in our lives, and this sometimes has to do with uh, spiritual materialism, is the realization that the pull we have to fan that ember and let it grow through the reality of living spirit, that um, somehow the pull doesn't seem to align with the lies that we've set up for ourselves. Doesn't that ring a bell? And uh, and that even applies to the yogic, quote-unquote, yogic lifestyles that we have set up for ourselves. And here's, here's his big because. Because that life was built out of despair. And the despair is though you can, you can, we know, we can touch the spirit. But we, we have this, the despair is about how we can never be the spirit. And that's around our unworthiness. We sell ourselves short. Right? Is that not uh, familiar to everybody? It is to me. Um, so he goes into that. Uh, by the way, this whole thing, this talk has a very deep mood to it. Um, I, I, I don't even, I think it was part of a, maybe more than a day, a few days of retreat, a couple of days, maybe a weekend. But for whatever reason, Ramdas got into a very. I, after listening to the last billion talks of his, I, I, and I think everybody else who's been listening to the Here and Now podcast, you get an idea of when sometimes Ramdas gets into this really, very, very deep, intimate space. It's kind of like he's he's giving a talk, but it's almost like a meditation. It's uh, it's quite interesting. Okay, the other thing he taught, ev- he says. Everyone has a guru. He calls it a guide here. Everyone. And uh, and there are many, many planes of realities that these beings that are our guides live on. And they may or may not have a physical form. Maharaji said to us himself, the guru is not external. But the question is, accepting that reality... It's very tough for us in the in the West because once you start hearing these words like surrender to the guru, it's enough to scare the living shit out of you, right? And in reality, uh, and, and I must refer to this movie that we have out, Becoming Nobody, that's out in theaters now across the country. Go to becomingnobody.com, by the way, if you want to find out where it might be around you, uh, where it might play so you can see it. But... Uh, but in it, he, he talks about uh, just exactly that particular thing about surrender. He said, when I met Neem Karoli Baba, when I met Maharaji, it was a surrender. I was not surrendering to another being. It was not, it was a surrender that was beyond surrender. It's beyond any kind of mental thing. We just don't really understand that in the West. Uh, so those are the kinds of things that really limit us and limit us in ways that we dismiss the possibility and I would say the reality that we do all have a deep within us deep in the most intuitive part of ourselves in the 
as <laughs> in the still small voice within it's connected to that guide that guru and he suggests uh, and you may or may not meet that guru in this lifetime i mean it's really uh, but but one way to and i like what he said here and it's not uh, this is not required whatsoever but one can think about setting aside the limits of our own senses and minds so that you even have a possibility of recognizing that guide, that guru, right? setting aside the limits. And the way you set aside the limits, of course, is, is the you know, working through, like this online course, The Alchemy of the Heart, uh, doing the kinds of things that are necessary to, to fan that ember, right? And not live in fear and anxiety and in polarization because doing so limits our ability of course to recognize that true intuitive voice true guru true guide and as the spirit becomes more of our focal point that just naturally happens and we can kind of let go that's what really surrender is about it's just letting in inside ourselves letting go of our own limitations if you truly he says if you truly open your heart and speak to your beloved. Slowly, slowly, you become that beloved. You become the place where uh, Ramana Maharshi calls it God, Guru, and Self are one, and you realize that place. Now, that's a, a, a very, very, um, well, it's, let's just put it as difficult. This does not necessarily happen in one lifetime. But that's not for us to even think about. It's the, the cultivation of that ember. I love this analogy. Right? Digging in the ashes, we find an ember. And the ashes is, is the ashes of our confused and ignorant minds. But we find that ember, and that, through that ember, we rebuild the fire of living spirit. This is a great talk. And as I said, it's very meditative, very much a meditative talk, and and very important uh, to to work on the still small voice within and understand at the same time that we have, we each do. I mean, it's it's very uh, it it makes everything change when you're open to the fact that there is that guide inside every one of us your whole life changes once you become open to the fact that you are not alone this isn't you the guy that you call and the gal that you call i right that identification is not who we are and once you realize the help that we are getting on a day-to-day -day basis moment to moment molecule to molecule, then things become so much more free-flowing. They really do. And, uh, and this, this little key here, if you truly open your heart, speak to your beloved. You can talk. You can have a dialogue. Ramdas calls it, you go into the room of imagination and have that dialogue with your beloved, whoever it may be, from Christ to Neem Karoli Baba, to Ramakrishna, to Buddha, to Muhammad, whoever it may be, does not matter. You, we, we know who we are close to, and it's just opening up into that space. Anyhow, great talk. Here it is, Ram Das from uh, May 1975, and I think we'll, we'll call this one The Still Small Voice Within. And this is Ramdas here and now. I'm Raghu, and we'll be back with you again. And uh, please check out uh, our wonderful Be Here Now Network podcast network. Go to beherenownetwork.com and go check out all of the different dozen or more podcasts that we have from all of these wonderful folks. And we shall see you next week. Namaste. The Quakers speak of the 
still small voice within. Last night we meditated on the tiny beings the size of a thumb sitting on the lotus in our heart. Christ talks about sending after him spirit to guide. For some of us this weekend, there has been increasing confusion. Now we meet in a church which almost adds to the confusion. Here we are in the country, yet our weekend isn't really a weekend in the country. Here we are among socially good and interesting people, yet our weekend isn't really social. We are in a church, and yet our weekend isn't exactly religious. Here we are using words, and yet our work together isn't exactly intellectual. As if in each of us, there once was a fire. And for some of us, there seem as if there are only ashes now. But when we dig in the ashes, we find one ember. And very gently, we fan that ember. Blow on it. It gets brighter. And from that ember, we rebuild the fire. The only thing that's important is that ember. Is that tiny breath of the living spirit. That's what you and I are here to celebrate. That though we've lived our life totally involved in the world, we know, we know that we're of the Spirit. And as you go towards God, you learn about yourself. And when you return from God, you learn about the world. But when you are in the world, you know not of the world. You cannot see the forest for the trees. At first, that still small voice, that tiny ember, is overshadowed by the incredible pressures, desires, attachments, possessions, collections of the world, of the marketplace.
The ember gets stronger. Flame starts to flicker a bit. And pretty soon you realize that all we're going to do for eternity is sit around the fire. We're going back into the Hridayam, the cave of the heart. And the only beings that will sit around the fire with us are those who recognize the spirit. been an interesting journey for me, social psychologist, for whom the word God was a blasphemy. To come to realize that I am a God-man and that my whole life is that of coming into the spirit, confusing, embarrassing, Socially awkward. Much easier to embrace humanism. To love the beautiful things of the world, in nature. To be a good person. But the pull seems to still be there. And the confusion in many of you comes from the recognition of that pull and the realization that that pull doesn't seem to fit in with the life you've designed for yourself. Even a good life, even a yogic life, even a communal life, even an economically simple life. Because your life was built out of despair. Out of a feeling that though you had touched the spirit, you could never be the spirit. Though you had touched love, you could never be love. But your unworthiness has led you to sell yourself short. Just feel in your heart now your own beauty. Allow for a moment yourself to recognize that you are a being of the spirit. That the light of the universe can pour through you. You, just who you are. You. Someone once said to me that the reason churches are so sterile most of the time is it because whatever spirit was in there, everybody came empty and took away the spirit until there was nothing left. And so it has been with your body and your personality, which is the temple you're living in. Dry, because the spirit left. To breathe the spirit back into 
body, personality, daily life. Take somebody that looks like a dried up prune. and turns them into a lotus flower. I was once told an image about a, a circle, and in the circle was a point in the center. And the point in the center was God, and the outer edge of the circle was world. And one stood with one foot on the circle and one foot on the center. And you could tell where a person was in their evolution by where the weight of the foot was. Because you put weight on the foot to overbalance where the pull was. So that if you were being pulled to the right, you put your weight, you pressed on the left. We have been in the world and are pulled by the world. So we're just beginning to press with the foot that is in the center of the circle. Anybody who has tasted is being pulled by the center of the circle and they must press on the outside. Ramakrishna said, quick, get me tobacco. And they said, but Babaji, you don't smoke. And he said, I have to want something or I'll leave. A being who has tasted of that kind of a unity, one of us, another being just like us, it's all different. I do my work. I love nature, I enjoy food, I delight in humor, I love poetry. Music is exquisite. And yet it's all like clouds in the sky. None of it is the thing itself. Through each of it, I hear the Spirit. The world is God, but to not know God leaves you only with the world. Only when you understand that the sounds your ear can hear and the sights your eyes can see and the tastes your tongue can taste and the feelings your skin can feel and the smells your nose can smell and the thoughts your brain can think are merely the tiniest reflections of the grandeur of the source, who you are. I come in the name of the Father, says Christ. You don't get lost in Jesus. You go through Jesus to the Father. You don't get lost in the beauty of the mother, of the waterfall and the tree. 
you go through the waterfall and the tree to come to God. You don't worship the gate, you go into the inner temple. To enter into a relationship with the guru, with Christ as you grew. See, everybody in this room has a guide. I'm not going to pull any punches anymore. I'm not going to make believe for any of you now. I'm just going to tell you what the universe looks like from where I'm sitting. You see, all of it turned out to be real. All the angels and the cherubs. I wish I could share with you the kind of teachings that I'm receiving now. Because my teachers at this moment are beings such as Jethro, who was Moses' father-in-law, Lao Tzu, Pericles, a 14th century Kabbalistic teacher. Christ, St. Teresa, Nityananda, my guru who left his body a year and a half ago. These are my actual teachers at present, not through writings, through the living teachings. These beings are living in my universe in the same way you are. It's all real. There are planes and planes and planes of realities with beings. Everybody in this room has a guide a guru, a spiritual friend. Kalyan Metta. For some of you, your guide may be in physical form. Somebody such as Satya Sai Baba. For many of you, your guide is not in physical form any longer. Some of you I've seen have Ramakrishna as a guru. Some of you have Christ as a guru. Some Babaji, some Ramana Maharshi. Some Cochise, American Indian master. You may or may not know your guru in this lifetime. That will be a function of your faith. For though your guru, like the ally that, Ka that Castaneda speaks about, stands always right behind you, right in your heart, right over your head, right on your lap, It is only when you can set aside the limits of your own senses and your own mind that you can recognize your guru. Your guru already recognizes you. Christ is present in this room at this moment because some of us in purity have invited him to come.
And these masters, these guides, have only stayed in form, have only withstood the pull of the Father, the pull of the merging into God, in order to guide you home. And they will be right with you no matter how long it takes. To understand the sacrifice of the Son leaving the Father, a sacrifice which far exceeds the sacrifice of crucifixion. Because for a realized being, leaving the body is certainly no sacrifice. It's the staying in the body that's the sacrifice. My guru used to write in a book two pages of Ram, 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 Ram every day. And he wrote that only in order to be able to stay down on earth for me. Me meaning those of us who were genuinely reaching to know God. Buddha every morning looked out over all of the Buddha fields to see who was ready. To understand the sacrifice of these beings is to understand what pure love is really about. There's nothing in it for them. If you get enlightened, they don't get a raise in pay. They don't get any closer. They're already home. Their act is done without selfishness and without condition. You've never been loved that way before. All human love is always with condition. I love you if you love me. I love you if you're good. I love you if you don't kill me. Father, forgive them. They know not what they do. Only a God being can love without condition because there is nothing they need from you. But while they don't need your trust or your faith or your love, you need to trust them, have faith in them, and love them. They don't need your surrender. If you need to surrender. You will notice, as I have noticed, that as the spirit becomes a more focal point in your life, when you start to begin to feel filled instead of empty, your life starts to become very simple. Many of you experience such confusion. Do I want to earn money or do I want to live without it? Do I want sex or don't I? Do I want a man or do I want a woman? Do I want a new stereo? Do I want a place in the country? Do I want to go to Europe? Do I want to go to India? 
do I want to go to this ashram or that ashram? And that all seems so real. But once you've honored the connection that's already standing behind you, above you, and in your lap, and in your heart, you've got your playmate for eternity. And all the rest of it is the support system. If you have money, fine. If you don't have money, okay. If you're in India, beautiful. If you're in America, wow. If you have a car, great. If you walk, yeah. If you have new clothes, delightful. You're wearing old clothes, uh-huh. It all gets very simple, very simple. The confusion is merely a confusion of motives. When I looked into Maharaji's eyes, I met a playmate that I couldn't fathom. Because everywhere I was, he was. Everything I knew, he knew. There was no joke I could think of that he didn't see the humor in. There was no sadness I could experience that he couldn't empathize with. You ever have a playmate like that? Didn't want anything from me? Now and then when I'd sit with him, something would happen, some little incident, and there would be humor, and I would laugh, and he would laugh. And then I would see that what I was laughing at was not really the joke. There was another joke, and I'd laugh at that, and he'd laugh. And then I'd look at him, and I would see that he was laughing still three more jokes out that I couldn't yet laugh at. You ever have a playmate like that? Do you ever have a playmate that is the Buddha and is the Christ and is the mother and is the child? Sometimes we'd be able to cut up apples and hold them for Maharaji because he would eat our karma. He would take on stuff. He would just eat up stuff by eating the fruit. And he would reach out and just take a piece of apple from your hand. And it was like feeding a bird in the woods. It was like having a deer come up and nuzzle in your hand to eat. And the next moment he would turn and have the ferocity of a wild thunderstorm. And every time I challenged him with my intellect, he would pull my beard and laugh at me. Do you ever have a friend like that? Everyone here has such a friend. It's very simple how you do it. Just like children have imaginary playmates. They hang out with somebody named Ronald. And Ronald always knows just what to do and how to do it. Well, you have Ronald. Or Josephine. You just hang out. And any dimension of absolute perfection, you know that your playmate has. 
and you hang out with that playmate, get closer and closer and closer. You see, my playmate turned out not to be my guru in body. That only turned out to be a few memories of a man in a blanket and a number of quotations written in a book. And at one moment when I sat in the temple courtyard and everybody sat across the way, rubbing his feet and eating the apples he was throwing at them and loving him, I had a moment of clarity and I saw that isn't what it is. That's just a body. That is merely the guru in sport. And at that moment, I thought, what am I doing here? I don't have to be in this temple. This isn't where it is. And an old devotee of Maharaji's ran across the courtyard, came up to me, and he touched my feet. And I said, why did you do that? He said, Maharaji sent me over to do that. He said, Ramdas and I understand each other perfectly at that moment. Now here he is a year and a half after he's been burned up on a fire. And he's in this room at this moment. In fact, even as I speak, he goes in and out of my body. It's that intimate. If you're quiet when you meditate, if you truly open your heart, if you speak to your beloved, you may call it God, you may call it Guru, whatever being you feel close to, Christ, you can talk to. Ananda Mai Ma. Amal. All of the beautiful holy mothers, all the beautiful living spirits that have ever walked the earth. You hang out. You hang out with them. Hang out with a perfect playmate, and slowly you just become one of them. The transformation will be complete when Maharaji and I are one. The transformation will be complete when you and the being who's above you, behind you, and in your lap become one. When Don Juan and Castaneda are the same being. For in truth, there's only one of them. There's only one of them. There is only one guru in the whole game. It's all just forms. Just forms. The real work you have to do is in the privacy of your own heart. All of the external forms are lovely, but the real work is your inner connection. First with your playmate, Beyond that, with God, and actually with your own self. It's really time for you to see through the absurdity of your own predicament. You aren't who you thought you were. You just aren't that person. And in this very lifetime, you can know it. 
right now. Every miracle that occurred in the Bible is occurring on this earth at this moment. I am living in a world of miracles. And they're all just the stuff of it all. Nothing of living truth has been lost. It's all right here. Not for later, it's for now. Right now. If you feel a veil away from it, if you feel closed from it, just quiet your mind. Open your heart. Quiet the mind, open the heart. How do you quiet the mind? You meditate. How do you open the heart? You start to love that which you can love and just keep expanding it. You love a tree, you love a river, you love a leaf, you love a flower, you love a cat, you love a human. But go deeper and deeper into that love. Till you love that which is the source of the light behind all of it. This podcast is brought to you by the Love Serve Remember Foundation and Ramdas.org. We appreciate you listening and we appreciate all the support that you've given us. Please continue that support and donate at Ramdas.org. We can then continue to share what Ramdas has been sharing for all of these years. Thank you.